SFFN listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington, recording January 28th, and today I'm talking about two recent reads that I have loved. They have nothing else in common except for that I just read them, and I really, really like them. And also they came out more than a year ago, so the odds of me getting to talk about them on the main show are a little on the lower side, so here we are. Before I tell you what they are, let's hear about our sponsor, which is The Immortal by Gina Showalter. Halo Faninone, assassin of gods, is as cold and merciless as a machine. For victory, he crosses any line. When tasked to kill 12 of mythology's fiercest monsters in 24 hours, Halo eagerly accepts. Except each morning he awakens to the same day, forced to relive new horrors. Only one other person retains their memory, the beauty who threatens his iron control. Ophelia the Flunkout hates her disaster of a life. She's the family disappointment, a harpy warrior without a kill, and powerless. Or is she? Nearly every night, she's doomed to repeat her own murder. But each morning, she arises to spar with Halo, the ruthless warlord increasingly determined to save her and lure her to his bed. Halo's insatiable desire for the stubborn Ophelia drives him wild, and he only craves more. If he remains in the time loop, they stay together. But if he escapes, they lose each other forever. So this is, as you might have guessed, another dark and sexy book from New York Times bestselling author Gina Showalter. It is part of the Rise of the Warlords series. And for those of you out there who love fantasy with a side of romance or romance with a side of fantasy, which I know you're listening, this is for you. So again, that's The Immortal by Gina Showalter. All right, let's talk about my book picks. Which one do I want to start with? I will start with my speculative pick, which is The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. This is not a straightforward sci-fi or fantasy, which is why I'm calling it speculative. It is sort of exists in that like, is this really happening? Is it not is this a response to trauma? Is it actually like an otherworldly thing that's going on? Question marks. But it really works for this book. Uh, so The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel does come with content warnings for drug abuse and mentions of suicide and domestic violence. It is about a woman. Well, it's about a bunch of people, but the sort of central character is named Vincent. We see her as both a teenager and a grown-up at different points in her life. Um, As a grown-up, the sort of pivotal moment for her is that she is a bartender at this hotel in Vancouver Island, and it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. It is like it is a glass hotel. Like it's got these huge walls of glass. It looks out over this very beautiful landscape that's also pretty desolate. And one night she meets the owner of the hotel, Jonathan Alkaitis, who is like, I mean, he owns a hotel. He's rich. He's fancy. And she ends up embarking on a relationship with him. In the meantime, it this is not a spoiler. He is so successful because he's running a massive Ponzi scheme. On another intersecting sort of swirling life stream is Vincent's brother, who is a struggling artist. 
he is struggling both to make art and to conquer his addictions. And they all just kind of swirl around each other. It's really interesting the way this book works. It moves forward and back in time. It moves from place to place. It moves from character to character. It moves in and out of reality. It is a really, really cool book. I picked it up as one of my slow reads and ended up just burning through it. Like I just, I couldn't put it down. And, you know, a lot of these people are not quote unquote good people. You're like, Ugh. So those, are, those are some choices you're making. Um, But they're people. They're just people. And it's weird how Mandel plays with our sympathies and not so much sympathies for them throughout the course of the book. It's also really effective. And I don't know, I think that if you like that kind of swirly, is it real, is it not real, character-focused speculative fiction, you're going to blaze through this as quickly as I am. Relatedly, Mandel's new book, The Sea of Tranquility, is connected to this book. I understand from other people that you can read it as a standalone, but if you've already read The Glass Hotel, some of those characters are present in Sea of Tranquility. So that was honestly the reason I originally picked it up, because I haven't read Sea of Tranquility yet. Also, Mandel is obviously all over the place now in the public consciousness because of Station Eleven. This book is not a dystopia. It takes place in like the aughts. So just go into it's very different from Station Eleven in a lot of ways. So if you're looking for Station Eleven Part Two, this is not that. It's something very different, which I also think is really cool. So again, that is The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. My second read is a hard sci-fi, really hard-hitting sci-fi story. It's Destroyer of Light by Jennifer Marie Brissett. Um, I do want to give content warnings for graphic harm to children, rape, and sexual assault. This is this book goes some dark places, uh, and it is all part of the book. It's important to the book, uh, but it is it, you wanna, you're going to want to be ready. And this book takes place in a future in which, sort of inevitably, humanity has had to leave Earth because we did not take good enough care of it. And they have settled on this tidally locked planet called Eleusis. And they have sort of like integrated-ish with the, you know, original flora, fauna, etc. There are also a race of aliens called the Kresge, who are not from Eleusis, but have sort of followed humanity there. And they are like interdimensional beings it's weird like they're not really corporeal but they can kind of become corporeal and there's some really complicated things around humanity and the kreska and their relationship to each other that uh you're just gonna have to trust me on you figure it out eventually and in Eleusis, there is a sort of quote-unquote rebel faction who are camped out in the night zone the perpetual dark zone of this planet and regularly come out and kidnap children for various horrible, traumatizing purposes. And we follow Cora, who is one of those children. And she is, you see her both as a child and then as a grown up, and how she's been, you know, shaped um, by this, you know, horrible, again, traumatizing experience of way to grow up. Um, and she's she gets sent on this mission. It's her chance at freedom. 
And she has to decide, like, what she's going to do with this chance to redirect her life. Can she break free? In the meantime, we also are following her mother, Deidre, who obviously was very upset about losing her daughter and has been trying to get her back ever since. There are a lot of investigations into class here. Um, Deidre and Cora are originally from a sort of lower class agrarian settlement where they don't have access to the same resources as the folks who are in the city. So there's, you know, Brissette is playing around with that. There's also a technology, an AI narrator who comes into the story who I love. Such an interesting, such an interesting story. And then we also get these twins who are investigating the kidnapping of a different child. And it all kind of swirls around itself. It's really, really well done. And I think really important because Brissette here is picking up on, you know, these themes of man's inhumanity to man, what is coercion? What are the effects of coercion and violence on people? You know, what what would it how would we interact with beings who are so much more sophisticated with us? And what would it make us do to ourselves as well as to them? There's so many big, juicy, difficult questions in this book that Brissette is exploring. And if you all remember, you might recall I have talked about her before. She wrote this book, Elysium that I absolutely love. I do not think enough people have read. I think you can find, I think there's a connection between Destroyer of Light and Elysium, but I don't think you have to have read both unless you like really are feeling like it. Uh, They're both great. And I just, I think Brissette is doing so many unexpected, interesting things. So I wanted to bring Destroyer of Light to y'all's attention. It came out last year. uh, And I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to talk about it on the show. So here we are. These are the books I've been reading. I think you might like them. (laughs) As always, that's why we're talking about them. So yeah, that's our show. SFFIA is sound edited now by Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, to our rambles about books we love. If you would like to email us, you can do that at sffiaepigrai.com. You can review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Podchaser and wherever else you can leave a review. Please feel free to do that. It helps other folks to find the show. And you can find us online in between shows. I am on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we'll talk to you next time. 